Listen, all you New Yorkers. What's up, everybody? It's 10 o'clock on Monday night, which means it's time for the next best thing. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, and I'll be with you for the next two hours right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Don't go anywhere. We have a great, 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 great show lined up for you tonight. But before we get to any of that, we'd like to kick the show off by doing what we always do, and that is review all of the great and the not-so-great things that have happened on... This Day in History. Today is January 9th, and on this day in history, in 1768, Philip Astley staged the first modern circus in London. Not so modern anymore. On this day in 1788, Connecticut became the fifth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. On this day in 1793, the first hot air balloon flight in the United States lifted off in Philadelphia. On this day in 1861, Mississippi seceded from the Union. Bad decision. On this day in 1951, wow, jumping quite a bit there. In 1951, the Washington Capitals NBA club to exist. On this day in 1952, the Marines give notice that they will recall Ted Williams to active duty. Ted Williams, the star of the Boston Red Sox. On this day in 1956, Abigail von Buren's Dear Abby. Abigail von Buren's? I don't believe there's any relation to the former president. But anyway, her Dear Abby column first appeared in the newspapers. On this day, January 9th in 1969, the Beatles release Yellow Submarine as a single and the album Revolver in the United States. Poorly worded, but on this day in 1986, after losing a patent battle to Polaroid, Kodak must give up its instant camera business. Okay, on this day in 1989, the Pat Sajak Show premieres on CBS. Clearly, this was not a huge hit, because who does who knows Pat Sajak for anything other than Wheel of Fortune? My grandmother. Okay, on this day in 1991, baseball officially bans Pete Rose from being elected to the Hall of Fame. A lot of people have opinions on that. On this day, January 9th in 2000, Dan Marino won his last NFL career game, 20-17 versus the Seattle Seahawks. Never won a Super Bowl. And lastly, on this day in 2007, Apple CEO Steve Jobs announces the iPhone for the first time ever. And holy bejesus, holy crap, did it start a craze or what, people? That's what happened on this day in history. And who knows, perhaps we'll make history right here tonight on Radio Free Brooklyn and be studied for years to come. But probably not. You're listening to The Next Best Thing. I'm John Lerner. Stay tuned.
Oh, sweet mother of God, it is frigid outside. Welcome to The Next Best Thing. I'm your host, John Lerner, and you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now 10-12 on Monday night, January 9th, and for the love of God, it is freezing outside. I don't know if you've been outside, but if you haven't, don't go. Um, Boy, it's been a been a huge week, hasn't it, folks? A lot of stuff going on in the news, a lot of stuff going on in the world. As usual, hardly any of it's great, but hey, that's the world in which we live, and we do the best we can. That's a beautiful theme, isn't it? Uh, we have a great show put together tonight, some great music, some great stuff, some a lot of things that will hopefully lift your spirits, none of which will be in the first half, so prepare yourselves. You know, and what we usually like to do here in the first half is talk about what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world, and God knows... That's not usually uplifting stuff. So let's not kid ourselves. Um, anywho, well, let's see. Do any fun stories on the way here? On my walk here, I always walk here, and I'm usually running not late, but, you know, kind of little. I never like to get anywhere early, especially here, because what's the point? I'm sure if, if you're an active listener, you know that there's a show that lasts right up until my show starts. So there's really no point in getting here before, because... What am I going to do? Just sit outside the door and wait? Please. Um, but, you know, so I like to time things out, and I'm usually walking briskly to get places on time, whether it's here, anywhere else. And I notice, you know, in order to do that, you kind of have to you have to know your stride and get to know your step in different conditions. Tonight, for example, I'm wearing my boots. I don't own rain boots, don't own snow boots. I own these pair of combat boots, and that's all I need. <laughs> Uh, really, these are some honking combat boots, and they... Hello? Yes, that was delightful. That was the spirit trying to tell me to shut the hell up. Um, combat boots do the trick. Uh, but, you know, you do. With every step, especially when there's snow and slush on the ground, you gotta kind of pay attention to every step. Doesn't mean you can't walk fast, but you gotta kind of know your feel and pay attention. Well, some woman who was trying to walk fast, well, she just doesn't know how to walk fast, and boy, it did not go well for her. Uh, yeah, I saw her face plant on the way here. <laughs> oh, this poor lady. I mean, thank God she didn't have any groceries or anything in her arms, but yeah, she was just walking, and next thing you know, whoop, face in the grass. In the slush, actually, not grass. And of course, I, being the kind-hearted soul I am, just kept walking. <laughs> actually. I wish I could say I'm kidding, but I'm not. And it's not because I didn't want to... It's okay. Let me rephrase this whole thing. I obviously stopped, looked to see if she was okay. Not only did she seem okay, she seemed a little embarrassed, and there were like three or four other people there immediately to her aid. And she seemed, like I said, a little embarrassed. So the last thing I wanted to do was be late for my show and add to her embarrassment and be like, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am, are you okay? Ma'am, ma'am, can you feel can you feel your legs? Ma'am. Because everyone else was doing that, she didn't need me to do that. And so I great I gracefully did not do that. And she'll be forever grateful. But anyway, so if you're out there walking around, running around, doing your normal thing, just be careful because the last thing you want to do is be the person to face plant in front of everyone else and have to live with that shame. I guess, sure, maybe you could get hurt, but who cares? More importantly, you're going to have to live with that shame. And you don't want to do that, and I don't want that for you, any more than I want it for myself. Okay, so, 
that's what's going on in our news, in our world. Now, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the news and the world, shall we? Let's do it. You're listening to The Next Best Thing. Here's what's making news tonight. Okay. Saw that coming from a mile away. That's why I stopped myself. Uh, All right, so what's going on in the news? What's going on in the world? You've probably heard this by now. But Megyn Kelly, the Fox News star, has decided to leave Fox News and is now going to be a team member of NBC News, of all places. Fox apparently offered her $20 million a year to stay, but she declined, even though NBC could could come nowhere near matching that. She said she wanted to stay home, have more time with her family and her kids. Excuse me, folks. Is that not a little loud? Here we go. Have more time with her family and her kids. Because here's the deal. At NBC, she used to host The Kelly File every night for Fox News. Not anymore. Now she's going to be hosting a daytime news slash talk show, uh, do a Sunday night news program, and be involved in whatever politics coverage they have. As most of anyone who's a news junkie knows, most, if not all, of the political coverage that NBC News does gets thrown to MSNBC. So, who knows how much she'll be doing. Also, a presidential election just ended, so naturally there won't be a whole lot of political coverage to do. So she's not going to have a whole lot to do, but she has a reduced schedule. That's what she wanted, and she will be spending more time at home, I guess. You know what? Here's the thing. I say... Whatever makes you happy, Megyn Kelly. Nobody asked me, naturally. But here's one thing I do kind of want to point out. People talk about this. There's a little, there's such a lack of nuance nowadays in quote-unquote broadcast journalism that I feel like it has to be said. Yes, people talk about, well, if there was, one, if there was going to be one Fox News team member to go from their network to a mainstream network, it would be Megyn Kelly because she's the least crazy. Okay, that's fine. But have we lowered our standards so much so that we are going with that now? Here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, she's not less crazy. She's crazy just like everyone else. She's not as crazy as Sean Hannity, but who is? She's not She's not as right-wing as most of the hosts at Fox News are. Sure, I'll give you that. But she had some pretty, you know, some pretty embarrassing moments. If not for her, then for me. You know, like when she told Bill O'Reilly that the she was covering a protest, a student protest, where the police were spraying student protesters just constantly with a constant stream of pepper spray. And she, in a conversation on air with Bill O'Reilly, said, Well, pepper spray, it's a derivative of pepper. You know, it's kind of like a food product. I mean, do you wake up every morning and put pepper spray on your omelet? Do you put pepper spray on your pancakes? Do you put pepper spray on anything? No. Not a food product. Sorry, what a stupid thing to say. Also, she had that moment where she (laughs) was so outraged at the thought of a black Santa Claus that she actually, on her show, about 20 times in one one, um, broadcast, said, Kids, Santa is white. Okay, kids? He's just white. He's white. Santa is white. He's not going to be black because he's white. Santa is white, and and he's white. She 
she couldn't she couldn't accept the idea of there being a Santa that wasn't Caucasian. It must have been a slow news day. It must have been a slow news day. So anywho, I don't hate Megan Kelly. I don't really care that she's moving, to be honest. I just want it to be known that come on, let's 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 call a spade a spade here. She is there was a reason she got her rise at Fox News. And I think, the, I think honestly, the reason everyone thinks she's so much more mainstream than she really is, is the mere fact that she was attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked by, I always have a hard time saying this, President-elect Donald Trump. Remember, in the very first Republican primary debate, she asked Donald Trump an unbelievably fair, reasonable, and what should have been an expected question. She said, you have in your life publicly called women, you know, dogs, disgusting animals, blah, 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 blah. He responded by saying, only Rosie O'Donnell, which made my skin crawl even more. And that's how his campaign was from beginning to end, anyone. But he attacked her viciously for that. For asking that question, he said it was a very nasty question. So nasty. You know, it was a ridiculous question, and she was attacking me. There was blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her wherever. Yeah, that was about Megyn Kelly, and that never ended. I mean, there was one interview they did where she just kind of laid down and was like, Have you ever been made to feel sad? You've been divorced before. Did that make you feel sad? She asked no real questions. She just wanted to make sure that she got on his good side so that he would make sure that his minions stopped attacking her, which he did very short for a very short period. Anyway, Megyn Kelly going to NBC News. That's the point of that story. What else have we got going on here in the news in the world? Well, speaking of Donald Trump, he finally sat still long enough to be briefed on the Russian hacking. Still isn't convinced. Won't listen to the CIA, the FBI, the Director of Intelligence. All of the um, intelligence agencies have banded together. There's no question about who did this hacking. There's no question about what their intention was. And yet the man who's going to be in charge of these agencies, eh, I don't believe it. I don't know why. I think it's just an excuse. I mean, they don't know if it's, a, they don't know if it's Russia. It could be China. It could be China. Could be some fat ass on a bed who weighs 400 pounds, okay? Okay? They don't know. They don't know. I know everything, and I don't even know. That's how this is going. So, um, at the end of this news portion, we're going to... I tried to cut an interview that Chris Cuomo of CNN recently did with Kellyanne Conway. Donald Trump's, you know, um, wet brain, I guess you could say. I don't want to say brain, because he doesn't have one. But if there, if there was ever a quote-unquote brain behind Donald Trump, it would be Kellyanne Conway. And I just, I just, I couldn't cut it. I couldn't, there's nothing about it I could cut because there's too much in there that I think people should hear and I think we should dissect. So we're going to do that. Um, that having been said, I have to say Chris Cuomo of CNN is probably the only interviewer I ever want to see speak to Kellyanne Conway ever again. I don't know if you've noticed, but if you watch the Sunday news programs, Meet the Press, Fox News Sunday, uh, CBS, Face the Nation, any of those shows, and there's many, many more. She's on almost every single one of them, almost every week, because Donald Trump hasn't given a press conference since last July. Yes, that's correct. Last July, two to three months before the election ever occurred, 
He gave a press conference. It was the press conference where he famously said, Russia, if you're listening, please hack Hillary Clinton's emails and expose them. He asked Russia to hack Hillary Clinton's emails. Like any president-elect should. Um, that's the last time he gave a press conference. So she has to go out there and do his bidding for him. And, you know, well, she does terrible job i'm sorry like i i'm not she does an okay job of putting a you know suitable suitably look suitable looking face on his nonsense but it's still nonsense and chris cuomo so far that i have seen he's the only one who will just say flat out what you're saying doesn't make sense period i like anderson cooper he doesn't do a good job i like jake tapper he doesn't do a good job of this i don't mind chuck todd he does a horrible job of this you know they just sit there and they'll ask her a question. She'll give a total nonsense answer and they'll just move on to the next thing. That's a huge problem in journalism, I think. I say to that. So, what else do we have here? Well, Donald Trump has decided this was announced today. Donald Trump has decided to name Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, as a senior advisor to the White House. Jared Kushner has absolutely no governing experience, no... No governing, no government experience whatsoever. This breaks all the nepotism laws. No big deal to the Trumps because, hey, if they've learned one thing at all, it's that they can get away with anything. And it's true. It's true. Ugh, I just want to kick. I just want to kick something. Okay. Moving right along here. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer has returned an identical letter that Mitch McConnell wrote and sent to Harry Reid in 2009 regarding the cabinet nomination process. He, in it, Mitch McConnell called on Democrats, and this new one, Chuck Schumer's calling on Republicans, to comply with the exact same conditions that they demanded when it came to Obama's nominees. Now, let's see if I can pull up that letter and, sh and read to you some of the, um, well, let's just say less than reasonable requests and requirements. Here we go. All right, here we go. This is the letter. It says, Dear Harry, and it's crossed out and says Mitch, the Senate has the constitutional duty to provide its advice and consent on presidential nominations, a duty which we take seriously. In consultation with our ranking members, we reaffirm our commitment to conduct the appropriate review of these nominations consistent with the longstanding and best practices of the committees, regardless of which political party is in the majority. These best practices serve the Senate well, and we will insist on their fair and consistent application. Therefore, prior to considering any time prior to considering any time agreements on the floor on any nominee of any sort, we expect the following standards will be met. Here we go. One. The FBI background check is complete and submitted to the committee in time for review prior to the hearing being noticed. Perfectly fair. Number two, the Office of Government Ethics letter is complete and submitted to the committee in time for review and prior to a committee hearing. Perfectly fair, but let's remember this. A few, like a week ago, I don't know if we mentioned this, but a week ago, the Republicans, the uh, Republicans of rank were wanting to completely do away with the Ethics Committee. Not amend it, not tamper it down, abolish it. Completely. That was their first thing they wanted to do. That did not go over well. And 
it still exists. But it just goes to show the kind of priorities they have. Jesus. Number three, financial disclosure statements and tax returns for applicable committees are complete and submitted to the committee for review prior to a hearing being noticed. That's going to be a problem. Uh, I think we all know that Donald Trump will never, did never, and will never release his tax returns. Yeah, I'm, being, I'm being audited. Once the audit's done, I'll release them. That's a lie. He's not being audited as far as I'm concerned. And if he is, well, it's an ongoing audit that will never end. We're never going to see his tax returns. He knew that from the very beginning. And he never released his tax returns. So how are we going to ask his nominees to do that? Well, hey, Mitch McConnell asked that of Obama. So how could he possibly complain about Chuck Schumer and the Democrats asking that of Trump's nominees? Perfect. Number four. All committee questionnaires are complete and have been returned to the committee. A reasonable opportunity for follow-up questions has been afforded committee members and nominees have answered with sufficient time for review prior to a committee vote. Fine. Number five, the nominee is willing to have committee staff interviews where that has been the practice. Fine. Number six, the nominee has had a hearing. Seven, the nominee agrees to courtesy visits with members when requested and number eight, the nominee has committed to cooperate with the ranking member on requests for information and transparency. That's going to be a problem. Let's just be honest here. If the Trump, you know, transition committee and all of his minions have been anything, it's not transparent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that's going to be a problem. He ends it with this. There will be additional requirements honoring the traditions of the Senate for judicial nominees. These common sense standards are long-standing practices and will ensure that the Senate has had the opportunity to fairly review a nominee's record and to make an informed decision prior to a vote. Sincerely, Mitch McConnell crossed out Chuck Schumer. I think that was a brilliant move. I think that was a brilliant move. He sent it, he sent the exact same letter that Mitch McConnell sent eight years ago, and he's going to have to deal with it. I think that was a good move by Chuck Schumer, the first good move I've seen a Democrat do in a very long time. I'll just leave it at that. Moving right along, what else is going on in the news? Oh, here's another thing about Trump. We didn't talk about Trump hardly at all last week, so I'm making up for it now. Last night were the Golden Globes, if you didn't know, and Meryl Streep, the probably one of the greatest actors of all time, was honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award. And when she accepted the award gracefully, looking beautiful and amazing like she always does and is, she, uh, she gave an amazing speech. Um, and here's a little clip of it. Meryl Streep, last night at the Golden Globes. But there was one performance this year that stunned me. It, it sank its hooks in my heart. Not because it was... I'm going to start that over because the beginning got cut off. Here's Meryl Streep giving her acceptance speech last night at the Golden Globes. But there was one performance this year that stunned me. It, it sank its hooks in my heart. Not because it was good. It was, there was nothing good about it. But it was effective and it did its job. It made its intended audience laugh and show their teeth. It was that moment when the person asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter someone he outranked in privilege, power, 
and the capacity to fight back. It kind of broke my heart when I saw it, and I still can't get it out of my head because it wasn't in a movie. It was real life. And this instinct to humiliate when it's modeled by someone in the public platform, by someone powerful, it filters down into everybody's life because it kind of gives permission for other people to do the same thing. Disrespect invites disrespect. Violence incites violence. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. Okay, go up with that thing. Okay, this brings me to the press. We need the principled press to hold power to account, to, to call them on the carpet for every outrage. And she goes on. Now, naturally, because our next president is a fully mature and level-headed adult, what did he do? What do you think he did? What does he always do whenever anyone mentions him? He went to Twitter. Twitter. Motherfucker. Okay. When, by the way, when she was referring to the... Um, what she was referring to was the time in June of 2015 when Trump mocked a physically handicapped New York Times reporter who, disappro or who disproved his dumbass lie about how he had seen thousands of Muslims celebrating 9-11. That never happened, and this guy proved it. And how did Trump respond? He completely mocked him. He had people attack him. He attacked him verbally. He did exactly what Merrill just talked about. It was, it was, oh, it made my skin crawl just to think about it. But, so, this morning, Donald Trump tweeted back, quote, get ready for this, quote, Meryl Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood, doesn't know me, but attacked me at the Golden Globes. She's a Hillary flunky who lost big time. For the 100th time, I never mocked a disabled reporter, parenthesis, would never do that, in parenthesis, but simply showed him quote, groveling when he totally changed a 16-year-old story he wrote in order to make me look bad. Just more very dishonest media. I mean, I mean, what? That's what he, that's what he said. That's what he wrote. Um, yeah, that was his response. Did anything stick out to you? Because I'm sorry, but most of what most of that tweet he's probably tweeted 17,000 times before about 17,000 different people but what stood out to me was the first sentence Meryl Streep one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood doesn't know me but attacked me at the Golden Globes one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood who does he think he's talking about he's not talking about you know Selena Gomez he's not talking about Anne Hathaway who, by the way, is great. I, I have nothing against either one of those girls, but I'm saying he's not talking about, you know, some young up-and-comer. He's talking about Meryl Streep, one of the most accomplished, respected, sought-after, and unbelievably talented actor, actors ever, not to mention making movies today. But he doesn't doesn't even phase him. One of the most overrated actresses of all time, okay? Of all time. He thinks everyone's against him, and his way of responding to that is to lash out and to attack almost the exact same way, no matter who it is or what the situation is. The other day, um, 
the new Celebrity Apprentice premiered. And if you don't know, it's hosted by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because they had to keep that show going. I mean, come on. And the new boss is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Donald Trump, and we've talked about this briefly, he's still an executive producer. Okay, so he's still a part of that show. He'll, you know, after the first episode, he went to Twitter, like a 16-year-old girl, and said, well, the, uh, the ratings are out for the new Celebrity Apprentice, and uh, pretty sad, pretty sad, Arnold failed, okay? He's nothing like the ratings master over here. It's pretty sad. He was bashing the new Celebrity Apprentice. He was bashing the new host. He was saying it got horrible ratings. This is a show that he is the executive producer of. Dumbass. He's a dumb ass. He's a dumbass. I mean, Jesus, Mother and Joseph. So that's going on. All right, what else have we got here? Hmm? All right, so now, as I mentioned earlier, Donald Trump recently had one of, if not his very first, intelligence briefings primarily focused on the Russian hacking of our most recent presidential election. Now, as I also mentioned, he doesn't do news conferences and hardly ever gives interviews unless it's to Fox News and usually called in. So who was there representing him? Who else? Kellyanne Conway. Hi. Who just sits there and kind of like, Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Ugh. That's what pisses me off so much. It's like she is this seething serpent in this little nice cocktail dress and some highlights and, you know, a nice smile and, okay, let's talk about it. And then she says these most ridiculous kind of vitriolic things about anyone and anything. So anyway, as I said, I enjoy watching Chris Cuomo interview her because he doesn't put up with her horse crap. And here's an example. Now this, I will say this, this was a day before he had his official briefing, but you know what? It really doesn't matter because... After the briefing, he really still wasn't convinced any more than he had been a day or two before or ever. So, like I said, I couldn't really cut much of this because because it's just too good. So I'm going to pop, I'm going to chime in here every now and then when something really tickles my fancy. Enjoy. All right, so in just hours, President-elect Donald Trump will receive even deeper proof that Russia is to blame for the hacks during our election. It's going to be a highly classified intelligence report that will go into sourcing and methods that can't be made public to everybody. But the conclusions have been clear. We saw it in Congress. We've seen it for well over a month. Will the president-elect finally accept what seems so clear to so many? Joining us now... Senior Advisor to President-Elect Trump, Kellyanne Conway. It is a new year, and I wish you the best. Thank you, Chris. Same to you. So, new year, but same problem that faced you at the end of the year. You are in this bad situation where the President-Elect is an outlier, not accepting the proof that Russia is behind the hacks of the election. Why does he continue to fight what is so obvious to so many? Chris, how is it obvious? Have you seen a briefing? In other words, he's getting the briefing today, and we just were very concerned about all the leaks that happened, people running to the media rather than running to House Intelligence Committee meetings, closed-door meetings where they were invited to produce the information. Just this week, our own president, President Obama, received the final report, apparently, just yesterday. You had the hearings on Capitol Hill. So the idea that somehow conclusive evidence has been out there in the public domain 
uh, provided to the president-elect is, is simply not true. And the other thing that's going on here that's very disappointing to us mm -hmm. in this building is how much people are conflating uh, alleged Russian hacking with the actual outcome of the election. It's just nonsense. Well, no one's doing that. No one is doing that except for Kellyanne Conway, Donald Trump, and that might be it. I don't really think a whole lot of people on his transition team are, you know, giving that any mind because I think they're focused on whatever their job is supposed to be. And yeah, they don't, you know, the idea that he is getting hooked up on the fact that this is trying to say that we didn't win by as much as we won by, and they're just trying to say I didn't win, but I totally won. It's like, n n what? That has nothing to do with it, you piece of dumbass monkey shit. It's just nonsense. Well, the idea that Team Clinton is still running around, people are doing it, your network is doing Team Clinton? We haven't heard from Team Clinton in two months. I haven't, I can't remember hearing from, quote, Team Clinton since the election. Doing it constantly, mm -hmm. and that's what we need to push back right. on. The idea that there's this direct nexus between Russian hacking, which we're against any foreign government interference in our cybersecurity. Yes. Speaking of cybersecurity, did you hear the hearing yesterday? This country's cybersecurity mm -hmm. is woefully underserved. It's a big problem that right. hasn't been tackled sufficiently in the last eight well, years. Let's let's deal with some points of pushback. First, the intelligence agency also said that disparagement is not the best way to help bolster our cybersecurity. Uh, you know what that was going towards. The idea of Clinton's people saying that uh, the legitimacy of the election is tied to uh, the revelation that Russia's behind the hacking is political. Uh, that's not something that the president-elect should be putting first in his priorities. And the idea that just yesterday, or only today, Kellyanne, is when you could safely say that Russia was involved is nonsense. For months, they've come out and but said this. The president, the that sentence. Russia was involved in the hacks during the election. Clapper came out For in early purpose? October. That's irrelevant. See, that's where you guys no, are stuck. Oh, no, because it's not you see, no, it, 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 it should be irrelevant. No, no, no. It's not irrelevant to you. Hold on, I'll let you yeah, speak, Kellyanne. Let me frame it. Let me frame it. Clapper came out in early October. But you're not asking me the, a question. You're I'm, making I'm statements. About to, I'm giving you context because you made conclusions, so I have to provide okay, some context. See, I don't love them talking over each other because that's never good for television or radio. But you know what I do like? He's not just letting her spout out meaningless bullshit. Context. This is not. Tell me what's an opinion. Did Clapper come out in the early opinion? October and say, we know it was Russia? And what, did, and what did President Obama say in, no, in no, no, response? No. He thought, what oh, did, no, no, did no. He so his question was, did Clapper come out and say it was Russia? It's a yes or no question, and how does she answer it? Well, um, what did President Obama say? Because this is all about him, right? Putin, knock it off. What's the answer? What does knock it off mean? Did Clapper come out in early October and say we know it's Russia? And, but what is it? Finish the sentence. What is it that we know? That Russia is trying to interfere with the election results? Do you really think that Russia want to I'll ask you a third time. President Did Clapper come out in early October and say we know Russia is behind the hacks, period, full stop? Behind the hacks of the DNC? Is that yes. what you mean? Yes. Okay. Well, no, let's complete the whole sentence. So our Can you answer it now? I'll let you somehow. complete it the way you want. Is the so answer going to come? That. Well, listen, he said that, and yes, we just he learned did. yesterday, according to CNN, Yes. A CNN report that I read in the news that the FBI said the DNC never acceded to the FBI's very simple request so, to allow again, the FBI access. Again, irrelevant. 
irrelevant because what here's what we're talking. Here's then my why question. Why did CNN report on it? My hey, question. Chris, if it's irrelevant, why did CNN it's report on it? It's irrelevant to my question, which is why won't the president-elect acknowledge what is so clear to the intelligence community that Russia was involved in the hacks? And it seems he to be the intelligence the, briefing today. He's been. He's had so much opportunity to know the answers to this. The people around him have but, been able to get the intelligence to, whenever they wanted. Disparagement. Speaking of disparagement, yes. I really believe there are those out there that are trying to just, there are those out there who are trying to delegitimize his presidency, review the election results, and you know it. I mean, and the he's fact helping is, that if, by refusing. Speaking of disparagement, first of all, who brought up disparagement? Cuomo did, but it's because he was referring to Mr. Uh, Clapper saying that disparagement was not the best way to lift morale of the intelligence agencies. He was talking about Trump bashing the intelligence agencies and how disparaging them wasn't a good idea. So that's why disparagement was brought up. However, it was not being talked about in that given moment. She just wanted to kind of divert the conversation away from where it was going and say, you know what I mean about disparagement? People are disparaging this president and he is so great and I'm so sick of people trying to say that these results weren't legitimate and... None of that had been brought up. No one's talking about that at all. Even if that's true, which frankly, I haven't heard much of it. I wish I heard more about it. But that's not really happening. If that is taking place in this conversation, it's only from the voices in this woman's head. We review the election results and you know it. I mean, and he's helping is, that if, by if, refusing to accept the obvious if, about the we, intelligence community's conclusions hey, about Russia being behind the hacks. Hey, Chris, we had a president of the United States uh, in October who could have, when, when, when mm -hmm. Mr. Clapper said what he said, could have pushed back harder, mm -hmm. but did not. Because what was he doing? He and Hillary Clinton and, and all of their, their teams were out there absolutely believing that she was going to be the next president. Okay. So let's not disturb. So, sh so shame you know, on them. So, so, so shame on them. Well, they politicized it. They shame politicized it because they didn't even understand America and what was going to happen so in the election. So shame on them. Because they didn't understand America and they didn't understand what was going to happen in the election. She's still talking about the election. This interview and every question he's asked, which has really only been one or two so far, has not been about the election. The election was two months ago. He, I mean, look, I was just as distraught as anybody about the election, but you do have to move on eventually. I, she won. They won. What the, why is she, why the hell is she still talking about the election? You divorce. Who's responsible for the hacks from the implications on the election? It seems to be creating because a resistance to the in intelligence media. community. It seems to be motivating the president-elect to disrespect our intelligence no. agencies, putting no, that, intelligence that in quotes true. and saying that they is... ducked the meeting. I guess they needed more time to put together a case. They never ducked the meeting. You know it was always scheduled to be at the end of the week. Sean Spicer said the same thing on this show. It seems like you can't divorce Chris, these two notions, and it's creating Chris, a really I'm, tough situation. No, I can. I'm perfectly comfortable. I see you're very passionate about this. but here's Sure I am. Russia trying to hack okay. during our election, we, being ignored by the president-elect. Elect, that's troubling. Right. No, it's not. And, and really? you're just making conclusions up now. Yes, you are. Has he ever I'm, accepted I'm sorry, that Russia was behind the hacks? He did nothing but mock the Chris, intel community. Chris, he's not mocking. Listen, you're using words like disparagement, mock the intel community. Clapper Donald used the Trump word disparagement. For the, and that's his opinion. And now you're using, you're giving your opinion. No, I'm now. saying what he said. I'm just you're telling you mocked. what Donald Trump said and wrote in me. tweets. Not at all. I love you, Kellyanne, you and you know. You just want to argue with me. Not at all. Well, look, I'm trying to put the facts out there because you're ducking the obvious. Being... 
and I don't know why. I'm not ducking. Hey, Chris, by the way, not ducking a thing. Not my style. Here's the deal. The president-elect and all of us who work for him mm. and the vice president-elect, I assure you, are against any foreign interference in the United States of America, including through cybersecurity, which obviously has not been a big priority for the last eight years. Maybe that'll change. Number two, all the DNC had to do was turn over the information the FBI requested according to, doorbell please, ring, ring, and CNN report that I read. Okay, that's all they had to do. They refused to do that. We know all this because of the DNC emails. Yes. And the fact is you want us to commit to a proposition because somehow to make everybody feel better about what? Complete the sentence because you have people in CNN That Russia was buying the hacks. Long. You didn't even no, say the word Russia the in the last results. minute and a half. You didn't. You said we're Russia. against any foreign opposition, but you I'll didn't say, say Russia. Russia. You talk about the DNC. The... You don't talk about Russia. Why? If I get if I get back if I get back the floor here uninterrupted here I'll talk about Russia to you. Please Let's talk about Russia. In the here we go. Here she's going to talk about Russia. Notice how she does it. To you. Please Let's talk about Russia. In the last couple of days of Obama's eight years in office, President Obama's eight years of his presidency, oh, all of a sudden Obama. he's going to be tough on Russia. Obama and Russia. Yeah, I'll talk about Obama. I will talk about Russia. I'll talk about Russia. Obama has not been hard on Russia. His presidency, all of a sudden he's going to be tough on Russia. Seriously? I can't even say it without laughing. That's why I'm not saying Russia. I'm trying to be respectful. You expel. I want to punch her right in the mouth. After months, months before saying, knock it off, Vlad. That's all he right. said on our behalf. And so that makes knock it okay it for the president-elect to deny no, Russia's it responsibility? It make it okay that we've been so weak against Russia for eight okay, years. That's, okay, that's a fair criticism. But what does that they have to do with Trump not admitting what the intelligence community is clear about? He gets his briefing today. But he's had every reason to know he could have gotten a briefing whenever he wanted one on this issue. Hey, Chris, they were out there so hey, early. Hey, Chris, things are stated on your network and other places all day long that aren't factual. My friend, people think I deal with you, you deal with me. Again and again and again, I deal with you, you true. deal with me. Okay? I'm just giving you a very hey. simple question. Donald and why Trump... why is this so important to you? Why is this here, so here, Boom. Why is this so important to you? Why can't we just move on and not talk about it? Why is I, here, this so here, important Here's why. Here's why. Because, as we heard yesterday in those hearings, and as you well know, you know my respect for you is complete when it comes to your understanding of the issues. Cybersecurity is a big deal. Russia intervening in this election and getting away with it is a big deal. You need to be on the same page. So, the leader of me and everyone in this country saying, I don't buy it. I believe Julian Assange. Intelligence. We don't really know. That's troubling because they know it was Russia and it raises this question that I don't understand why you want to raise which is why hey, would hey, Trump Chris, shelter Russia that's why I'm concerned let me ask you a question where but he's not sheltering Russia and don't you say that again he's not boom why would Trump shelter Russia he's not sheltering Russia and don't you say that again hmm he seems to have struck a nerve however it'd be one you'd think that he had just hit on something that they were trying to hide, but they're not trying to hide it. He's been blatantly praising Putin and clearly refusing to recognize what's known and obvious for months. So why she would want to be like, how could you say that? I don't understand. I don't understand anything, apparently. Russia, and don't you say that again. He's not sheltering Russia. What how is he not? What has the current president done vis-a-vis -vis Russia for the last eight years? I don't understand how the legitimate Maybe answer it. to the question is to Tell blame me. the current president. 
No, I'm not blaming the current president. I'm asking you a question. All of a sudden, we're all frothing about Russia. I mean, what has he done? Do you think the President Obama's legacy vis-a-vis Russia, Russia is going to be one of a tough guy? Let's say it's terrible. Let's all of a sudden, we're all frothing about Russia. Hmm, why would that be? Could it possibly be because they just hacked our most recent presidential election in a huge way and did it successfully? Why weren't we totally mad about Russia four months ago? Well, we didn't know about it then. Kellyanne, come back to us. How is President-elect Trump helping by ignoring Russia's role in the hacks during the election? Oh, he's going to help because the Russians didn't want him elected. You know why? Because he has said very clearly during the campaign and now as president-elect that he is going to modernize our nuclear capability, that he is going to call for an increase in defense budget, that he's going to have oil and gas exploration, all of which goes against Russia's economic and military interests. He got elected, Donald Trump got elected in part because people want a tougher leader in the White House. So Russia doesn't want Donald Trump as the president. Really? Is that why Donald Trump and no one else I have ever seen on television ever praised Vladimir Putin during the election while campaigning? Yeah, if I saw that as Vladimir Putin, my first thought would be, hmm, I don't want that guy to be the president. He loves me. He's clearly too stupid to be the president. Elected in part because people want a tougher leader in the White House, so, a tougher commander in chief. Well, look, and you know, but let me ask you a question: Is two fully recovered attorneys talking <laughs> to each other right now? Yes. What's what's the end? What's the end result here? What are the damages that you're talking about? What are the damages that I'm talking about? Yes. Well, what's I, the nexus? I think you want your viewers to believe that the election results—it all came down to seventy thousand plus few votes in three states. It came down to so much more. Than no one has been bring, no one has been talking about the election except for this woman. She's here now. She's doing it again. Few votes in three states. It came down to so much more than that. Kellyanne. This guy got three hundred and six electoral The smallest margin, one of the smallest margins of an electoral college win in our history, in the history of our country's elections, just to be noted. I get why you are. I get your explanation for why you don't want to acknowledge the obvious about Russia. I'm just saying it's an interesting political calculation. If you want to keep relitigating the election, that's on you. If you want to entertain no, that's your critics that you beat in the election, that's on you. But what I'm saying, nope, the price of doing that is to ignore something that really matters. You asked me no, a lot of questions I, I haven't gotten an answer any of. We won, and that says a lot. That finishes many sentences. It, we were to me, it finishes it completely. I'm saying that that That's should right, not, not in any way compromise your desire to point the finger at Russia and blame them. And these intercepts that the intel yes, agencies got say, with the, the Kremlin time, celebrating Trump's win somewhat go against what you just said. Yeah, so that's ridiculous. You don't believe I the intercepts. Yes, no, so you don't what believe I don't that. believe is that people are celebrating that Donald Trump won, who's going to be tough. Then you don't blame. Then you don't believe it because they countries. say they have intercepts no, from Russian I, higher up. I... Bam! It's been reported that people high up in the Russian government have been celebrating Donald Trump's win because they consider it a win for Russia. She, in her complete, you know, disconnection from reality, is sitting here going, "Well, we won, we won, la 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 la. I can't hear you, I can't hear you. We won. Russia hates Donald Trump because he's so tough, and we won. Ra ra, goodbye." I just want to drop kick her in the neck. You want to talk about what I don't believe? Here's what I don't believe. I don't believe that 
in October when Clapper said what he said, that CNN didn't shut down conversation about everything else and focus just on this issue. If it's so darn important to you now, why wasn't it so important then? Okay, so, Could it have so been shame on us, too. That everybody thought the shame election, on us, no? too. Should it have been that, the, that you thought the election result was going to be different and so it didn't matter as much and it matters I mean, more now? That's pure conjecture. The wrong that's pure conjecture by you. I don't know why you want no, to get into not. any of that. I'm just because saying. I watched all your broadcasts. But why? And, and the road to 270, not the road to the popular vote, by the way, because there's no prize for that. The road to 270. Oh, my God. I mean. Listen, when you get back from Mars, call us, okay? Seriously. Because there's no prize for the popular vote. And by the way, did I mention we won? Because we totally won. And if you want to say we didn't win, then you're just full of crap and you don't even know whatever because you're trying to delegitimize his presidency and we, whatever. Russia hates him because he's too tough and, and we won. Did I say we won? Because we won. I can't believe this. I can't. And I'm glad that Chris Cuomo calls her out. But I wish you could just say, excuse me. Why don't we take a second for you to, you know, kind of get your bearings, take your pills. And maybe we'll try this again, because everything you're saying so far. Absolute garbage. Exactly. Thank you, Mike Francesa. Thank you, Sports Pope. You know, but seriously, I, like this is the woman in charge of Trump. She's the one who everyone says got him back on track, became much more focused, and got him elected. Well, uh, I mean, yeah. Dear Jesus. Exactly. 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 Um, you know, one last thing I do want to play before we take a quick break. There was, um, I've played this before, but Robert Reich was... He's an American political commentator, professor, author. He served in the administration of Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, and he was the Secretary of Labor under President Clinton. He has been watching this formation of what you, I guess you could call it a cabinet, and he is even, he, you know, it doesn't make any sense to people like you and me, hopefully. It doesn't make any sense to me. Hopefully it doesn't make any sense to you because you see these people being put in place who don't seem very qualified by any standard, but... If you're like me, you think, well, surely they know something I don't know. Surely, you know, there's some safeguards. How could they possibly be nominated for this, this position if they're as unqualified as I think they are? But no, it's true. Here's Robert Reich takes his, his take on the people who are, you know, the most likely to head up his cabinet, uh, Donald Trump's cabinet. He's got to think about it for a second. Let him think about it for a second. Robert Rice, you know, he's, he's an older man. Hello? I don't even know what the point is. Neither do I, Harry Carey. Come on. Oh, here we go. So, technical difficulties, friends. Techni te technical difficulties. All right, here we go. Robert Reich. Uh, well, first of all, uh, Anderson, here's uh, a man... Uh, Donald Trump campaigned as if he was going to be the voice of average working people. He said over and over again uh, that he was going to represent uh, the silenced worker of America. Uh, actually, what has happened, he's filled his administration uh, with nominees who are millionaires, multimillionaires, and billionaires, and appointed the most anti-worker Secretary of Labor uh, on in modern history. I have racked my brain today to try to find any modern labor secretary who was so obviously and adamantly against things such as the minimum wage uh, or the uh, time and a half overtime uh, hours 
the labor laws, basic labor laws, basic labor regulations, uh, there's nobody. Uh, there was a fellow uh, that Ronald Reagan briefly appointed uh, named Ray Donovan uh, who got in trouble with the law, had some legal problems, uh, was very anti-labor, uh, but it's nothing compared to this, uh, this, this nominee. Uh, and Donald Trump seems basically to be unfazed by the fact that he's filling all of these cabinet positions with people who dislike the very purpose of the department they are in, a secretary of education who ha hates public education, uh, a, a, an attorney general who is against the Voting Rights Act, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a housing and urban development secretary who is against the fair housing laws. I mean, uh, th what are we doing here? Th this is not just right wing. This is almost nihilistic. I mean, this is just some horrible stuff. Horrible. You're listening to The Next Best Thing on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's 11 o'clock. And it's 11 o'clock, and we'll be right back.